Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Who Art Thou podcast. I'm your host, Barrett Carlin, and with me today I have Annie Peter on from Annie and the Witness to chat with me. Uh, this was a band that I got to see play in Chennai not too long ago. Julia Bryan was very kind to bring me along to it, and uh, I was blown away. Um, literally, like, after just a couple of seconds in, I was like, whoa, what is this? It's like spoken word mixed with kind of post-punk art rock influences, and uh, I just loved it. So straight away I asked, would you mind coming on the pod? And here we are. Um, it's very, very, I'd highly recommend seeing them live. So the band is comprised of three members. Uh, Juani Genovese is on drums, who you might know from their solo project, Jetlag, which I'd highly recommend checking out. And then we have Seamus Bradley on guitar and providing bass loops, who's in the fantastic indie rock band, uh, Trope, who I'd also recommend checking out. And then we have Annie Peter on vocals, who's a spoken word poet based in Dublin and has had her work published in such magazines as Into the Void and Dodging the Rain. So that's the band, Annie and the Witness. I'll be chatting to Annie herself about... Uh, the poetry scene in Dublin, how she got into poetry, uh, the music that she makes and how the band creates their sound, basically how the band got formed as well. And uh, yeah, and PJ Harvey and Sylvia Plath too. So there was plenty to chat about. It was a very, very, very fun episode. I really enjoyed myself. I uh, hope you enjoy it. Here's the theme music by Zach Stevenson. Okay, we're here for another episode of the Who Art Thou podcast. I'm with Annie of Annie and the Witness. Thank you so much for coming over. It's a pleasure having you. Thank you so much for having me. You're there. very welcome. Yeah. I was the first show. The first time I saw you was that show in Chennai, and Julie yeah. brought us. Julie is responsible for so much guests on this podcast, by the way. But um, <laughs> perfect. Literally, yeah. we were sitting. Myself and Zach were sitting down. I was mm-hmm. saying to him the whole time. I was like, "What the hell is this? This is amazing." We both really, really, really loved it. It was fantastic. So, um, how did you? Uh, how did your interest? Where did your interest with poetry start? Um, I think I was always writing. Like I started writing at a very young age. I think about when I was nine or something. Oh wow! And okay. I, yeah, but like I didn't really think about it. I was just like doodling into my journal, like mm. writing words. You know, it wasn't anything sophisticated. <laughs> you know? Do you do you remember any of them by um, any chance? Actually, there's one. I don't know it off by heart or anything, and I don't know where the journal is, but. Um, in, in Germany, you learn English like from third grade. Mm. So that's when you're nine years old about. So one, I was kind of trying to imitate the sound of rain. So the whole poem was kind of like drip, drop, dripping on the, you okay. know, something yeah. like that. And um, it didn't really make sense. But um, <laughs> I had fun with the words. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and the sounds, I guess. Like, yeah. And uh, what kind of like, um, what kind of poets were you reading into that you kind of like really took inspiration from? Um, funnily enough, I don't even know if I take that much um, inspiration from poetry. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love music and lyrics and that's poetry, I think, as well. Rap music as well. Um, poets, maybe Sylvia Plath. Actually, in one of my favorite poems is one by Yeats, which I read when I was 16 and in Dublin for the first time, mm. which is... Um, to a friend whose work has come to nothing. And I think that just resonated. (laughs) (laughs) I was already very cynical as a 16-year-old. And I just liked that because it was like an ode to somebody who had failed and like to keep going. Mm. So, yeah, Um, I don't know any of his like historic 
poetry. Um, Yeats was quite interesting because he did, um, he did, I can't remember, he had this particular way of writing that he would do seances and get inspiration from people and then write down. Mm. So I always liked the joke that he was a plagiarist. But um. <laughs> All poets are though, yeah. and all artists in a sense, like even musicians. Like sometimes you can see influences really clearly and sometimes it's more obscure. Mm. But um, I think it's impossible if you listen to music or you read poetry to not take on anything that you've read. Oh yeah, like in any form of art. Like yeah. even uh, like Nine Inch Nails, who I would consider one of the most creative <laughs> bands going, they have a song called mm. The Copy. And the whole oh, course yeah. is just, I'm a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah. um, no, and Plath, Plath was, I don't know, when we were studying in school, the first poet that we were given was always Plath. And she resonated mm. with quite a lot of people. It was kind of... Uh, yeah, because pain resonates with yeah, people. Yeah, it really does, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she was one of those, because I remember we were giving her, like, we would have been studying her when we were, like, 15, I think, for mm. the first time. And uh, then, you know, you're told her whole backstory and everything and how tragic it was. And you're just like, Jesus, this is heavy yeah. for a fever. Yeah. We're going from, like, normal books for the junior cert and then suddenly we're in the leaving cert. It's like, now you're doing the real poetry stuff. But she was fantastic. Yeah, um, for sure. Where Very did your interest well. in music lie, actually? Um, Like, just in general? Or? Yeah, like, where, like, what was kind of the bands that first resonated with you when you were getting into it? Um... Actually, like, I think one of the very first bands was probably The Offspring. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, I think I was 12 and um, a friend of mine in school gave me a CD, you know, of yeah. The Offspring. And um, then I was hooked. And before that, I don't know, I was just listening to general pop music and the radio. And um, I had a weird habit of, like, staying up late at night and listening to the jazz radio as well. <laughs> so, I don't know. But the I jazz think, radio? Yeah, like a jazz channel. Is that yeah, in Ireland or? I know, this no, was in Berlin. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, Germany. Yeah, was like, we don't really have that much jazz here, unfortunately. Oh, yeah? We don't, I, well, I'm, I might be speaking at a turn. I don't really see that much jazz in Ireland, mm. or at least here people listen yeah. to it. Um, definitely in Europe, you get it quite a bit. But uh, no, in Ireland, I'd like to see a, bit, a little bit more of it. But um, when did you start actually performing spoken word poetry? Like, what, how, how did you get into that? Um, I started in late February, early March 2022. Ooh. Yeah, so... Oh, so recently enough. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, like last year, spring, kind of. Um, and I had never performed before, ever. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> and I had, like, a great fear of public speaking, actually. Like, yeah. I, I wouldn't, like, I don't know doing presentations in school or anything like that either and in general I don't like speaking in front of a group of people <laughs> like it's hard enough one-on-one -on -one, you know yeah. and then there's like many people um, but I don't know I and think, then you started a band <laughs> yeah I mean I don't even I can't yeah I don't know how I got here it's just it's I feel so lucky as well you know because mm. I feel it's been a string of very lucky coincidences and things like that and um, sometimes I sit and reflect and I'm like you know like I'm in Ireland playing with these musicians and it seems so natural that like every weekend I meet the most interesting people and like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, no, I think it was um, after lockdown that um, I went to London and went to an open mic um, and I I studied creative writing in Dublin. Like that's the reason why I moved here originally okay. in like 2019. Um, and But it was always very... It was an isolated endeavor for me, kind of, you know, mm. you're just like alone in your room, you write, um, still great therapy, you know. But um, then I went to London, I went to this open mic um, and it was the first time that I thought, oh, 
I think I might actually be ready to do that because it seems so wholesome. Just in the most in the in the moment when you were there, is it? Yeah, but I didn't perform, and then I then I came back, and nothing happened for like three or four months, and then I had a random coffee chat with um, three other women, and one of them mentioned Smithfield Creatives to me, and I went, um, and I couldn't perform on the night, but I performed at Circle Sessions a few weeks later, um, you know, like shaking glued to my phone yeah, not looking uh, <laughs> up and like nervous breakdown everything yeah. um but I got a great adrenaline rush from it and then I never stopped because <laughs> apparently I'm an adrenaline junkie so yeah yeah <laughs> and after that it it was just a really wholesome experience because then you're suddenly not isolated at all but you get to connect with people every time like at least one person you know I mean sometimes it doesn't work out and um, because it's of course like not just you, but also the audience, and it has to resonate. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just I, I love doing it. Yeah, I always fun. found the yeah. atmosphere at poetry slams like that. I used to go to quite a few of them when I was in college. Was always quite po- like it was quite a positive experience. The only thing I didn't like was when somebody messed up, people would click their fingers as kind of a mm. support thing. But yeah. a lot of the time I'd see it tripping the person up more. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah, people are divided on that. I don't really know how I feel about it. I, yeah. I think it's a nice way. It's a good intention. Yeah, yeah. You know, no, the, te- the intention's there, but yeah, yeah it's just, yeah. I remember one particular guy, um, and English wasn't his first language, but he was reading this poem and it just, you could see him really trying to struggle with the word. He was just mm-hmm. with this one word, and but he was also doing it off the dome of his head. Yeah. And these girls behind him started clicking their fingers. And I was like, girls, you got to stop doing that. That's making it way worse for him. <laughs> yeah. He got through it though. He got through it. He got a round of applause at the end nice. as well. Yeah. But um, so how did uh, Annie and the Witness come about? Because um, you got some great musicians in that band, by the way. Yeah. I do. I do. Um, yeah, they're fantastic. Um, I started playing with them a good while ago, actually. So we, we only officially announced that we were a band now, I don't know, like a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, I don't know. Um, but we were playing together pr- probably for... I don't know, nine months or more. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, not super regularly, but regularly enough. I've been playing with Juani, the drummer, um, for longer, I think. Um, it just started out as jamming. And actually, there's um, a single we're working on at the moment, which came about when I was working with him and he just kind of approached me and was like, oh, look, do you want to, you know, like get together and just try to do something together, you know, your poetry and with the drums, maybe produce something because he's a producer as well. And he has his own music as well as jet lag. And anyway, they are both super talented, <laughs> like Seamus as well. Like he runs the circle sessions. He's a poet as well. He plays bass, guitar and um, like writes his own beats and everything. And He's in another yeah. very talented band as well. Trope. Trope. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, it. And, yeah. yeah, I know. Um, the, the vocalist, Robbie I saw and that, I, I was like, wow. Are, yeah, always joking that we're like each other's like evil twins, you know, because it's like kind of the same setup, like with the drummer and the guitars, but obviously different vibes. But at the same time, we both like dark poetry and music and uh, tend to be quite cynical. So, um yeah. And uh, what kind of like what with your music, what kind of themes do you personally like to re- that resonate with you in your in your lyrics? Um, themes in the matter of music genre or topics? Like- uh, topics, I would say. Well, we can do both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, topics, I, th- I think. If people just say it the way it is, you know, like 
when whenever I don't know like the lyricist would talk about something mm. or like write about something, um, yeah, I mean, kind of like your darkest secrets, you know, topics people are ashamed about or feel guilty about, or um, you know, the the kind of truth that everyone knows that they're dealing with it or struggling with it, but nobody would say it. Mm. And then when you hear somebody describe it, it's really powerful. Um, yeah. And how do you go about like constructing a song? Because it is quite like the spoken word with the mm-hmm. the kind of post punky edge that you have about it. Like how how does that all come about come together? Yeah, we're definitely still figuring that one out <laughs> at the moment. Um, but um, for the moment, we just work with the spoken word pieces I already have, and because they have a natural rhythm, it's quite easy to put music and drums to it. Like I could play any poem with drums and then you know guitar just adds another melody and drive to it Mm. um and it's already dark enough like regarding the theme Mm. um yeah but we're we're trying we're trying out one song at the moment which kind of turns a poem i had into a song and we're writing the chorus for it which is a new experience for me because it adds words that I didn't have in it before and I'm like still adjusting to that (laughs) because I'm like these are my words you know but um no I really like it and um it might be a waltz as well so like I'm excited about this one like a dark (laughs) eerie waltz yeah got a dance routine to to it (laughs) (laughs) like when you're when you're writing your poetry and like uh, is it is it kind of like in a session type of thing or like do you write it over time or is it, or does it vary? It varies for varies. sure. Um, I take notes all the time, um, even during work or yeah anything. Um, sometimes a poem just comes out the way it is, and I um, slightly ed- edit it afterwards. Um, most of the time, I write it in different sessions, though. So I'd say if I actually have the time to sit down with a poem. I would take maybe two or three weeks coming back to it, editing it, um, revising it, and then kind of letting it sit, coming back to it, um, speaking it out loud, see the way it sounds. Like I always do that because, mm-hmm. yeah, it works with sounds. So, yeah. Does it ever happen that you've written something down and whatever way that it works great on paper, but it doesn't work when you speak it? Does that ever happen? Um. It happens a little bit, but then you can usually adjust the syllables a little bit. Mm. If it's if it's just a rhythmical issue, then you can revise like a couple of words maybe. Um, but this is actually an interesting point because I think I do write different if I have the intention in mind whether that's going to be a page poem or a spoken word piece. Because if if I kind of, let's say I start and I already know, oh, this is going to turn into a spoken word piece, like I really want to perform this one mm. then I'll have the voice in my head um, and I write it basically as I speak it in my head and then it would be very odd if it doesn't work at all when I actually speak it out mm, loud yeah. <laughs> yeah so I think my head voice is doing well enough you know um, but I think with page poems the difference is that um, it might be more complex and you might have to read back and sit with it and go back and reread and these kind of things but with spoken word I try to even work with the syntax in a way that when I say a sentence or a line that people can take it in. 
because they can't go back to it. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm moving on to the next line. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you mentioned it actually at the beginning of the episode, uh, well, before we start recording, the symbol in Annie and the Witness. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? The what? Like, what is it? <laughs> it, it just means and. Oh, uh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, from um, from formal logic. So, um, I guess the background for that is that I studied philosophy and formal logic as well, um, and I just thought it was a really edgy way to, you know, <laughs> change the name and not have. The commercial and symbol in it or a plus because that kind of looks like Florence and the machine. <laughs> so I wanted something unique but edgy, um, but also something that relates to us in the band. And um Seamus is a programmer as well. So formal logic is close enough to his work too. Um I, yeah. I, I'm gonna sound a bit uh I don't what what does formal logic mean? Um it's it's basically sentences you can derive a lot logic statement from. Okay. Um, so programming is based on it, but also um, if you form arguments, like verbal arguments, for mm. example. Um, so you would have something like, if this includes that um, and this excludes that, mm. you know, then this can't ex- include that. Like, you know, like things like that. There's like different sentences Okay, I've never heard that, that term before. It's, it's interesting. It's like simple math equations with words that make a lot of sense when you look at them because it's usually the way we go about things Ooh. in the world. Like, I've never heard that term before. Is it a philo- it's a philosophy term, is it? Or is it just a, it's just a so. language term? Maybe it's... I don't know if it's from philosophy or linguistics or if it's paired... Um, yeah, but yeah, it's definitely a philo- philosophical term. Like, yeah. And uh, what's up next now for Annie and the Witness? What's coming? Is there any gigs coming up or? Yeah, hopefully. Um, we were kind of late for planning our next gig, so I'm still struggling yeah. <laughs> finding um, a venue. So I don't know if it will st- still happen in 2023. Yeah, because December is always a weird month for, yeah. for you don't really want, because it's, str- it's a strange month even just to go out on. It's always yeah. Christmas parties and stuff. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, so um, we'll probably try play like a little intimate gig maybe with like I don't know 20 or 30 people something like that in a smaller venue and then go for um a bigger headline gig in the end of February Sick. so definitely okay. look out for that I one. will definitely be looking out for that yeah. so is this yeah this is the second part of the interview where basically I just ask you random questions if we were in if I was annoying you in Sinead like when we first met <laughs> <laughs> what's the what was the first and last album you've ever bought uh the first album I bought probably some like hits of 2000 or something oh, like, yeah. I don't know I don't know now that's what I call music yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um no an actual album I don't know it might might have been a Linkin Park album actually oh, I'm nice. not too sure though <laughs> yeah um I didn't have a lot of money when I was a child like to you know like buy albums um and the last one that I bought for myself the last one that was gifted to me was the vinyl record PJ Harvey. The new oh, album. lovely. Okay. <laughs> She's my idol. PJ Harvey's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah no, I saw her in the Olympia as well. Oh, no uh, way. Brilliant. Very jealous. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can be. Oh, she's brilliant. I'm in awe. Yeah. When did she play the Olympia? Um, last month. I fucking, yeah. I miss out on so many, I go to so many gigs and I miss out on so many really, yeah. really good ones as well. That's, an, I would yeah, have loved to have seen the, that. I love though how many artists actually come to Dublin. Like that's, 
um it it used to be incredible. to be honest like about 10 15 years ago i remember it being kind of well for my type of music like with metal particularly like it was quite stagnant you wouldn't really get a lot nowadays we're getting every week there's another amazing show it's fantastic we're getting yeah. more and more and more um, we didn't get Beyonce though, which was kind of annoying. But <laughs> um, what is a poem when you think of poetry? What is a poem that comes to your head like that re- really resonates with you? Despite the Yeats one, despite the Yeats one, uh, maybe. Yeah, I actually think there's two. Um, I think the the pl- um, poem by Sylvia Plath. I don't know if it's called like a mad girl's dream or something like that. I actually can't remember the I name. I think I know the poem you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Um, and the other one would be a German poem by um Zilan. Um I don't know what it's called translated into English. Okay. <laughs> um, but it's Todesfuge in German, like maybe death fuge. I don't know. It's like a yeah. It's very depressing. Uh, lovely. <laughs> See if yeah. I can find a translation for it afterwards. Yeah, it's a post-World War II poem. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's not like that the content necessarily resonates in that sense. I, I just think it's a really strong experience of like existential pain and dread and um, yeah, disappointment. Yeah. I was reading uh, stuff by Wilfred Owens and Siegfried Sassoon recently, which is all World War One mm. poetry. And it's, it's, it's the, 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 it's numbing, like it's that, it's that uh, awful to read. It's very well written, but definitely very, very numbing. Anything post-war is just awful. But, uh, um, who's a, a live artist that really, that you, that, that you, the first time, what was, the, okay, let me rephrase that question. What was the first time you ever saw live music and went, whoa, this is what I want to do? Like there was just a performer that was just super stunning. I actually never thought this is what I want to do <laughs> because, as I said, I'm terrified of public. I used to be terrified of public performance. You look very confident and on I, stage, though. I know. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, now I am comfortable on, on stage now, but like the way the band got together was kind of an accident as well. Because like one time I, I just talked to the lad and it was a very pragmatic decision because I was like, OK, we play together a lot. For some gigs, we're being paid. Like, how are we going to distribute the money? You know, <laughs> then it's like, are you accompanying me or are we a band? Should we have a band fund? And they were like, yeah, let's do a band fund. And then, oh, we're a band now. What are we going to call each other? <laughs> and then suddenly I was playing in a band and I I don't know, like if you would uh, yeah, if you would have asked me two years ago, I would have said I would have never had the guts to play in a band and when it just happened by accident um I don't know I happened to be comfortable with it was there a specific turning point mm-hmm. like where you just or you just randomly on stage going how the hell did I get here <laughs> well with the band for sure but um with the poetry I think there was one gig I played um a few months after I started where I just had the best time and honestly there was there's no feeling compared to it when you're saying something and everybody's dead quiet and like hang on your, you know, on, onto your words and like, yeah. Um, yeah. I'd say that it, it is a nice situation to be in a room where someone's reading something that's like, def- like it's, it's honest and it's confident yeah. and you literally, no one's making a single noise. It's a, it's a, it's a fantastic, yeah. I can imagine on stage it's something else like, um, what would you, what advice would you give actually just for people to get into poetry? Like in terms of writing their own, mm-hmm. just, just do it or. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. I'd say the blank page doesn't help. So just put words down because once you start writing something, you've got something to work with. So just brainstorm. Like if you feel like you have a block or like you really don't know, you know, what to write about, literally just like 
write down stream of consciousness, whatever comes into your mind. Um, but the way I approach it as well is to kind of sit down and think, what would I not tell anyone? <laughs> and then write it down. And then it's a great poem, you know, because it's from that, you know, point of honesty. Kind Good of. advice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Do you find it difficult sometimes, though, with that kind of um, mindset, like going in and it's like, I'm, go I'm going to write something here and then show it to everybody? Or is it that is the way to be? I think you can't think about showing it to anyone while you're writing it, mm. maybe. I mean, at, at this point, I know that probably I will at some point, but I don't have to. Like, I don't have to do anything. I can. You don't know how many things I have, you know, like in my bedroom that I haven't showed anyone, like the, <laughs> the writing piled up, you know, like it's it's always your decision. Nobody's forcing you to share it. It's, it's funny you mention that because I found there's a couple of journals over there that I found and a lot of them are like ones that I had when I was 14 or 15 that have songs in it that I attempted to write. Mm, now, I was cool. never in a... No, they're not good. <laughs> They're all about stuff that I clearly never experienced in real life at, at any point in time, <laughs> like drinking or doing drugs or something. I was like, mm -hmm. I haven't done any of this. Why am I Why was I writing about this? That's really interesting. It's probably yeah. from listening to too much hip hop, I would say. But yeah. uh, <laughs> So do you write your own music now? No, I don't write any music. Um, I'm just a big fan of it. To be honest, I was, I used that thing behind you for quite a bit oh, to make cool. kind of like noisy stuff. But um, Oh, yeah. Uh, I like noisy stuff. Uh, yeah, it was it was very noisy stuff. But I, I just I I don't know. I kind of just grew out of. It. I prefer like these kind of situations where I'm actually interviewing people or chatting to them. That I kind of I I I have like friends of mine say when I go to gigs, one of well, one of them says that I have like the mindset of like a ten year old going to see like the like Santa. Like I just get so excited for it. And I hope to never really lose that enthusiasm mm -hmm. of it. So yeah. that's kind of me. I'm very comfortable with just going like this is great. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> But um, who who would you say is one of the most underrated artists? Underrated, underrated, yeah. It's really hard to tell um, while you're rating them. You know, like. Well, who's who do you think is a person that deserves way more like love, basically, or or people need to check them out above anything else? Like from new artists in Ireland at the moment, or just in general? Ah, uh, just in general. Um. If if it's if we're doing just Ireland, this episode could go on for another two hours. There's yeah, so many. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I was like brainstorming the great post-punk bands you have at the moment. I mean, they're all great and all underrated at the moment, but I'm sure they will all make it. Um, but um, I don't know, actually. I, I would actually say PJ Harvey, but then I know she's so famous and people love her and she's much appreciated. But then the amount of people I talk to and they don't know her, I'm like on which planet do you I'll, live you I always know? found that PJ Harvey was one of those artists that people know her name but they don't actually listen to her yeah, if that makes maybe. sense yeah yeah that could be um, but I no I really couldn't tell you I I'm still know. very jealous that you got to see her I'm raging that I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> who was supporting her actually um did she have support I actually don't know I Oh, I don't know. I, uh, this is really embarrassing. If no, somebody we, was supporting her, now I don't even we remember. We can cut this part out. <laughs> yes, all right, perfect. I don't think she had support, but she doesn't need support. She doesn't no, need I support. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, actually don't know. Um, um, uh, what's, uh, what, what's something that's great about the Irish poetry scene at the moment, do you think? What's like, what, uh, like a standing out feature of it? Um, it's ever evolving, very welcoming, very wholesome. And I think there's a lot of people with great drive in it at the moment. Mm. And I feel that everyone is ready to help you out, like to connect you to people and to help you get gigs or put you on the next lineup and things like that. So I feel like if you would come to an open mic and say, 
hi, I'm a poet, I'm just starting out. Uh, do you know people who do writing sessions or performance sessions? Can you link me up? Somebody will definitely approach you. Mm. You're not lost. Yeah. I know. I, 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 as I said, my friend Niall used to do quite a few uh, spoken word poetry stuff and it was always go crack like <laughs> the worst is that when you like I went to one and I got a little bit too drunk and I kept laughing at someone's poem because it was mm. funny and people were like shh I was like oh, oh, sorry right. well if it's funny I think you're allowed to laugh yeah it was I can't remember what the poem was about it was about um oh I can't remember what it was about it was about it was about death anyway but it was quite kind of mm. tongue-in-cheek but um I was cackling like I have a cackle laugh and just the person behind me kept going shh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I had somebody once laugh at a poem of mine that was actually about suicidal thoughts. And oh, it had never, no. I know, I know, but I actually was so intrigued <laughs> by the reaction because that's what I love as well. Like you never know what people are going to take from it and which way they're going to hear your words or which way it's going to resonate or not. And then th there was this phrase of, um, like it starts out with, I watched the pigeons drop like pebbles, you know, and I'm like, that's kind of funny. And like, I, I never, you know, thought about it that way. Um, yeah, so it does happen. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah, but in the scene as well, like there's a few collectives popping up as well. So there's, I'm also part of the Poetry Kiln Collective. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And we kind of organize gigs all over Ireland and in libraries and they're free in. And I think it brings the scene to rural areas as well hmm. because not everyone is in Dublin or Cork or Galway Cork has or anything, a great yeah. scene as well um you know and there you get a lot of first-time performers awkwardly reading the poetry like no greatly reading the poetry <laughs> from the page <laughs> um, I know but then like the second time they come back they they are so you know like much more comfortable and confident and um yeah it just opens up opportunities I think like yeah Oh, sure. Practice makes perfect. Like you're not going to be able to do it. Yeah. I, I'd say it's very nerve wracking to get up on a stage for the first time, especially reading like reading something that's quite raw as well. Mm. Um, it's funny that you're mentioning about the uh, somebody laughing at your poem um, that was very serious. I was at a comedy show. I was a female comedian and she made some joke about herself looking like Chucky. Now, no one else. La I laughed very hard at it. <laughs> And she goes, she goes, that joke has never done that well. You're mean. And I was like, it's like, you said it. It is a great line, though. Yeah. Something she's like, yeah, I look like a life size Chucky or something like that. And she was wearing dungarees at the time as well. Oh, wow. so. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're actually at the end of the episode, mm -hmm. Nir. Um, I always finish every episode with the question, what do you love most about what you do? Connecting to the audience. Mm. For sure. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Um, but uh, so uh, I guess uh, this is the part where you do the promo stuff. So where can everybody right. find you and uh, find everything? You know, <laughs> eyes went straight to the floor. <laughs> um, I'm still not used to that part. No, so um, like my personal Instagram is Annie Peter Poetry, and then our band's Instagram is Annie and the Witness. And um, everyone is linked on that one. We don't have a website yet or anything like that. And um, we're setting up a Spotify and everything at the moment for potential upcoming releases. And yeah, but if you get onto the to the Instagram, you'll be kept up to date with gigs and everything, shows we are playing. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming over. That's been an absolute pleasure having you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hope you You're welcome.
So that is our episode for this week. I want to quick thank you again to Annie for coming over and chat with me. It was a very interesting chat and I loved every minute of it. So that that was very, very, it was a real pleasure. So thank you for that. And uh, make sure to check out uh, Annie and the Witnesses socials because I reckon 2024 is going to be a very exciting year for them. Uh, you can go see them live on the November 24th. They're playing the Fringe Lab for the Vintage Room Sessions. So that should be a very, very fun night. Make sure to get down to that. I think they're on at 8 p.m. And uh, yeah, I guess on my end, if you enjoyed that episode and want to hear more, just like it, please give the podcast a follow. It genuinely does very, very much help me out get discoverable and all that kind of carry on. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening to the episode. I really, really hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we'll be back again soon for another episode. Goodbye.